We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! All right. Welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm CPV Chris Van Vliet. Thank you for being with us on this one. And with Scream 5 coming out this weekend, it's the perfect time to revisit this conversation with David Arcad. Scream's an amazing horror franchise. Actually, I think take the word horror out of that sentence. It's just an amazing franchise in general. It's scary, yeah. And actually, this one is apparently scarier than all of the other ones combined, but it's just so clever in the way that it tells a story. I absolutely adored this conversation with David Arquette. I know you'll love it too if you haven't heard it yet. And if you aren't following him on social media, he's at David Arquette. You can find me at Chris Van Vliet. It's just our names. Our fan of the week is Joey Nails in Great Britain, who left this review on Apple Podcasts that says, Timeless, excellent interviewer and accidental motivational speaker. Work is timeless. Accidentally re-listened to an episode that I'd already heard. I enjoyed it as much the second time around. Well, that is very kind. Thank you so much, Joey. Thank you for leaving a review. I read one out on every single episode as my way of saying thank you. Thank you for being on this ride with me. Also my way of encouraging you to leave a review. If you have Apple Podcasts, if you're listening to this on your iPhone, leave a few words on there. Click submit, and I will read it out on the show. Also, if you have Spotify, yeah, they got a rating system now on Spotify. So go in there, click the five stars. It would be so, so appreciated if you did that. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only. David Arquette. All right, we're doing it, man. Thank you so much for this. We're finally doing it. Thank <laughs> you. It, we've been talking about this since WrestleMania last year. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Yeah. Sorry. But it's, it's perfect timing now. You know, your film yeah. is out. You cannot kill David Arquette. I just watched it last night and I got to say, I was just blown away by it. Well, thank you, man. Thanks for checking it out. Well, I think a lot of people think that this is just your journey in the wrestling world, but and it is, but it's also so much more than that. This is your journey as a man, this is your journey as an actor, and you know, it certainly uh, you know, is encompassed by everything that's happened in the wrestling world for you in the last 20 years. Yeah, totally. I did, you know, we do a lot of, we have a company, XTR, who represents this movie, but um, we do a lot of documentaries, and I knew from good documentaries you want a subject that's really open vulnerable and you know accessible so we went into it like okay like all, you know no holds barred you <laughs> to check whatever you want to do like whatever you want to film but yeah it got pretty crazy there did you like was your plan to become a wrestler when you started making this film I always knew I wanted to like prove myself in the wrestling world that I wasn't just some punk pushover actor cheeseball. So that always stuck with me. That stuck with me while I was in WCW. I was like, let me do some stuff. I could do some stuff. Yeah. They're like, they didn't let me really do anything. Then, you know, they maybe tried one thing and I was just terrible. <laughs> all i can remember is jeff jarrett saying nut shot nut shot nut shot and i was like oh what 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 am i and then 
so I had a nut shot. <laughs> so that's probably stuff like that. Like I didn't remember the spots, so they probably knew I couldn't do much back then. But uh, I always wanted to learn. I always wanted to you know, prove myself. Did you feel like you needed to prove this to yourself or prove this to the wrestling world? Um, I wanted to prove it to myself, to the wrestling world. Uh, just, uh, I don't know. I wanted to, I don't know. It was this weird thing. It was like, I was completely like, uh, I don't know, beating myself up. I've always beat myself up. And like the process of this film, I've figured out a lot of the reasons why I've been beating myself up and how not to beat myself up and maybe like, you know, you know, it also gives you confidence when you figure that stuff out and, you know, allows you to sort of be true to yourself and sort of uh, perform on a higher level. But you've been a lifelong wrestling fan, right? Yeah, I sure have. So let's take this back. Let's take it back 20 years to, you know, where, where your journey in the public eye for wrestling really began. You're promoting Ready to Rumble, and whose idea is it to do this crossover with WCW? So I, w- I was like a fanatic fan as a kid, and then kind of grew out of it, and was, became like a graffiti artist and breakdancer, stuff like that. And then, <laughs> and, then, um, and then Ready to Rumble, and I always sort of kept up with it, watched little things. But then Ready to Rumble came and got re-energized me into like, that whole world i was blown away that macho man's gonna be in this movie (laughs) i was like are you serious i said yes like on page eight because i was like macho (laughs) man's gonna be in the movie you're like that's not just the character actual macho man yeah exactly i was like i did say that i said it's not someone playing macho man right and there was like no real guy uh and it's all real wrestlers i was like oh my gosh this is a dream come true so then i got more into but then you know after the run i kind of I'd go back and forth. I'd be like, I don't know. I had always had this sort of sore spot. And uh, and I'd go to shows and people would be really like, you know, some people would be funny and like, hey, wait, champ, like even jokey, whatever. That's cool. But being really mean about her, saying rude stuff to my girl, like stuff like that would be like, you know, <laughs> almost getting into fights at a wrestling place. Wow. You know? uh, so... I'd always kind of go in and out. And what, there was one fan who came up to me and was like, yo, like the too sweet thing. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> I I, if you miss wrestling for like, you know, a few months or something, you'll miss the whole thing. I mean, too sweet's a whole thing, but. Right. I, but I was, I don't know. I, I, had, I had gone through periods of just like, you know what? Forget wrestling. <laughs> you know? I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I'm so mad at you. But so it was, it was just a bigger thing in my head than I ever thought, really. So when I... Uh, That's Vince McMahon calling you right now. No kidding. Uh, so I... Uh, yeah. No, so so. When, when you were, you know, when you signed on for Ready to Rumble, was this already the idea? Was WCW already on board that you would start to do some sort of crossover promotions on Nitro? I don't know, like in the movie, like I end up being the law and I go out and <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah, wrestler, I, I, I went to theaters and saw that movie. <laughs> right, right. Awesome. So I was like, oh, that's funny. Like it's kind of life imitating art, like a silly little thing. And, you know, they'll bring me in. But no, they just brought me in for the first thing. I was just supposed to kind of get involved. I don't even remember what it was. I think I jumped and tried to save someone and Jeff Jared, like, you know, uh, gave me his finisher, but uh, I don't know. I I don't know. Like, well, it kind of just steamrolled. Oh, one of the things was I was run, walking around backstage with one of these little like kids wrestling uh, belts. Yeah, and I was having all the guys sign it because I, I am a fan. And then Vince Russo saw that. And I think that's maybe where the little germ of the idea came from. He's like, oh, he's a fan. He's really a fan. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So I don't know. So this was, so when Vince Russo and I guess Eric Bischoff as well comps you and say, all right, David, here's the plan. You're going to win the world title. How does that conversation go? (laughs) It was actually DDP. He came up. I said, so what's the plan for today? 
And uh, he's like, you're going to be the champ. <laughs> like, Shut up. Oh, really? What are we doing? And then uh, he's like, no, seriously. I was like, what? You can't do that. You know, this, that's crazy. And I, and he explained to me, he's like, well, listen, you don't, I don't recall him saying you don't have to do it, but I think he may have, as he said, like, if you don't do it, then it's all over. The ready to rumble's over. The promotion of it's over. You won't be coming with us. But if you do it, then you stay to the pay-per-view. And I think it, this is a combination of him explaining it and Vince Russo. And he's like, then you, and I was like, I get to like stay with you, like do this whole thing till the pay-per-view? Because I was only supposed to be on a one or two. Like they, the first thing I did got a pop. So then the second time they brought me back, and that might have been the time that they, I don't know. But they said I could stay through the pay-per-view. And I was like, and I get to travel with you guys and be like part of the group. I was like, this is like a dream come true for a wrestling fan. And I always thought it was like this kind of like parallel with the movie. Like, because I always kind of felt like that guy in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, he was a little, young, like, behaved a little younger than I did. (laughs) We were very similar in a weird way of, like, loving wrestling. So then, uh, yeah, so then that was the kind of the clincher that I could tour with them for two weeks and go all across America. My schedule was free, and I was, you know, it was... And I, next thing I know, I'm on a plane with Hulk Hogan, and and I'm sitting, and he's telling me stories, and Sting pops his head between the two two seats, and it's like, "What are you reading?" And I was like, "What am I reading?" You know, <laughs> he was just yeah. joking, joking with me. It was like really one of the highlights of my life. So, I mean, wrestling is such an ego-driven business, but I think people also perceive Hollywood to be this very ego-driven business. I think it needs to be said. I think it needs to be out there and clear that you did not want to win the championship. You did not want to win the title. Yeah, but I also could have said no. I mean, I didn't really know how much I could have said no. Like, I'm an actor, so people tell me, like, here's your role. And this is what you read. And this is where you stand. And then we bring our little pieces into it and say, well, what if blah, 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 blah. But I didn't really think, like, I could, I, and I could have said no, but then I just wouldn't have been able to, you know, be a part of it. But it's, I mean, the equivalent is on a Hollywood set, you read the script and you say to the director, yeah, I don't think my character would do this. And that's not really how it works. Well, sometimes you say that and then like you shut the set down for about a half hour, hour debating like why, or you like, find little ways of doing it anyway or or not doing certain things there's little tricks to it like uh, like okay can you play it more like you know you're sadder about this oh yeah 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 okay and then you just sort of do it the same way and they're like listen can you really try to be a little sadder about this like oh okay like emotionally sad i got it got it and then you kind of do it the same thing and if you just keep doing that for so long then they're just going to have to move on it. Because they're going to run out of time and money, right? Yeah, but that's like a, a dick way of doing that. You know what I mean? So you, could, <laughs> you should talk about that stuff before you get to the scene on that day so that you don't slow production down. <laughs> and then in, in this case, I don't know. I like. I did say it was a terrible idea. <laughs> but we just never knew it was going to be taken as bad as it was we thought people would be more on the like haha this is fun like ridiculous but the like discrediting the belt and the legacy and the fact that it was held by all these different people and that it was me or something and then i was like an actor from hollywood who wasn't like perceived as being tough at all or or anything uh, just this goofy guy i mean i still think like if it was Vin Diesel, you know what I mean? People have been a little bit more like, oh, yeah, but I can fuck Vin Diesel up. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, that's what my point is. Like, oh, yeah, really? You know, God bless Vin Diesel. I love the guy. I mean, he thinks he's incredible. But, you know, who knows? You know, Scott Kahn can probably beat up anybody in Hollywood. The guy's like a third-degree 
jujitsu black belt. But nobody knows that. He also <laughs> has great right hair, too. <laughs> he does. He loves his hair. <laughs> did you realize, like, instantly, oh, my God, this was a terrible idea? Or did it take a while for, you know, the backlash to hit you? Oh, after we had done it? Yeah, no, like, people were throwing stuff. Like, it was like, get him out of here. <laughs> it was like, uh-oh, we, we awoke a dragon. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bad scene. You certainly didn't think that 20 years later, we'd still be talking about this thing. Yeah, no, not at all. I didn't even think, like, I thought it would, I thought it would be more of a comedy spot, but it obviously, like, when it comes to something that as important as the belt, you know what I mean? I just, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, really. I really just wanted to be a part of the guys. You know what I mean? Why I did this whole movie in the first place? To be, like, just respected. You know, not looked at as, like, some pussy. Like, I don't know. It makes me so mad still. Like, mm. you know, there's difference between guys that have been in fights before, you know what I mean, who don't take getting pushed around and you know people that too and not not to say that i'm like this tough tough guy and you know i've walked away from plenty of fights and and you know not but there's also like just something and like i don't know even though people get a glimpse of who i am in this movie it's only a glimpse <laughs> you know what i mean they don't see some of the like great the real crazy stuff that i've gone through in my life you know what i mean yeah well, I, you know, I think that if this had been the cruiserweight title, if this had been the TV right. title, I don't think, well, I don't think it would have cared as much in terms of the promotion, but they certainly wouldn't have cared as much in terms of the legacy of that belt. Absolutely. And I agree with that. And that's also why when I was first told, I was like, you can't, what are you talking about? This is crazy. But I, I also was like, one of the things that was in my head was that I'm kind of like the first fan that had become the champion. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like a fan that's become the chip. I was like, I'm like the first. I said to Vince Russo, I said, I think I'll, I'd be like the first Mark that would ever be the champion. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what are you kidding? We're all Marks. And then I was like, oh. But, you know, that's not a term that people like, like or something. But yeah. essentially, it's aside from a Mark, you know, not that, but. We're fans. We're all fans. And that's sure. one thing like that leads us all into this business is that you love it. <laughs> you love wrestling. You've always loved it. So yeah. that's what connects everybody. Well, when you were growing the more up, you get into it. It's like the harder, harder to keep loving it, to be honest with you, because all this stuff happens like on the road, different interactions <laughs> with people, like all these lessons people are teaching you. It becomes sometimes it becomes a love-hate thing. You know, the interesting thing that I found is uh, the closer that you get to the industry, sometimes it's like you learn a little bit too much and it takes a little bit of a mystique away sometimes. Yeah, totally. It completely does. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's not as glamorous for sure. I mean, some of the some of the road stuff, some of the promoter stuff, some of the fan stuff is just really rough. Like, some of the lessons, like, and some of the ribbing and all the stuff that comes along with it. And it's some of the egos, like, you never know who you're in the ring with or what they're going through. Or, you know, a lot of the real, the pros are great. Like, the, the legends kind of guys, like Nicole Cabana. Like, working with him. Even Jack Perry was just amazing. Uh, certain guys get it. RJ gets it, although sometimes he can be a little tricky. I think he laid his knee in a little hard. But So when you were growing up, who were the people that you, like which wrestlers did you love? I loved uh, Snooka was like why he'd jump off the top rope. I always loved that, like him jumping off the top rope. Um. Hulk Hogan, I was always a Hulkamaniac. He was probably like one of my favorites. Junkyard Dog, um, Andre. I, you know, I hated Piper, like hated him so much. But then Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth were truly like 
Miss Elizabeth was probably like one of the main reasons I watched. I was just like infatuated with her. And it, it's so ironic, and you point this out in the film, that your wife looks a lot like Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think like subconsciously it's really put that in my brain. It's like crazy. <laughs> It's either yeah. that or Wonder Woman. I have a huge they can Wonder be Woman sisters. tattoo. Yeah. So when did you get this idea in your head that you wanted to make this up to yourself, make this up to the wrestling industry and, and train, be an indie wrestler? I, uh, I thought about it back in WCW. I was like, back then I was like, I don't, you know, I wanted to prove myself then. I was like, I can do more than this guy. It's like, let me do something. They let me jump off the top rope like Snooka, but then, Jeff Jared like rolled out of the way, so I hit like an empty mat. But that was like my biggest, most spectacular move, and that that one turned out. But then I oversold. But still, I uh, so back then was like really like I I walked around like everyone was treating me like I was some pushover, like little punk actor, and they were all mad at me. So that's where it first started, like wanting to prove myself, and then. Then I'd go through years of like watching wrestling and like, and then getting mad about everything or going to an event and have someone be rude and be like, I'm never watching wrestling again. And then I turned back into it. So I always had this like push pull. And then when uh, I have the heart, my stents put in my heart, I came out of the thing and I was like, told my wife, I'm really been thinking about wrestling a lot. And she's like, what? Like she thought I had like a little, mental break or something but i was like no like you don't understand like how these people treat me and and i love wrestling and i i just want to prove myself do you understand how crazy it sounds to have a heart attack get stents put in your heart and then decide okay now i want to be a wrestler well it was like it was like one of these major things i was thinking about as i was like you know going into surgery coming out i was like thinking about my family like the highlights and some of the bad things that has happened in my life. And I was like, oh, but, but well, I just wish that wrestling thing had been different. <laughs> it was like a major, like, so then it, it just told me that there's something there. There's something I need to resolve or address or like, and I knew I had to lose weight. So it was like, if I'm going to lose weight, let me do it like training to be a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. It's so how crazy. Did, how much did this run in WCW affect your acting career? You know, they, they kind of tap on it in that, but there's a lot of factors that affect an acting career. And, uh, you know, it's a, I don't know if you want to build a career a certain way, you know, you can do it. You can wait for the right parts, but you might not work for a year or two or you have to put your own piece together to like showcase your abilities. But um I don't know. It was like I I don't think it like it there were a lot of factors. The ATT commercials, you know, my my personal life. So I don't what it did have a big effect on was my uh self-esteem and my sort of own confidence and mm -hmm. you know that's what it only hurts when you're reading the text and you believe them <laughs> you know I mean? if you don't yeah. believe them you just brush them off you don't even read them you don't even care but if you believe them then they like ugh, hurt really deep and uh it's just really painful so so that's really what i learned throughout this whole thing that it's actually wasn't wrestling at all it wasn't any of this stuff it was myself like believing mm. in myself having confidence and then treating myself right was it like, just training was it just working out or did you do other work as well therapy reading meditation whatever that really helped you work on yourself yeah all of that stuff i mean i read a great book from um uh called love yourself like your life depends on it was a really mm. good one in the untethered soul like a couple oh, really untethered good souls fantastic oh, oh yeah that's amazing it's hard to get to, <laughs> like to think that way but it's really incredible book and then yeah a lot of years and years of therapy years and years of uh, addressing addiction issues and just uh you know and also just 
relationships and confidence and just like I don't know, it's a believing in yourself thing. I kind of had to do this to prove to myself that I could do it, and and then through that process, and also then nearly dying again, kind of having like just a new gratitude toward life and a just new understanding. I don't know. There's also like things you learn in the ring, like how to like huh. hold to yourself, how to take your time, how to like, uh, you know, how to, a lot of people are like, I can't, you know, you can't hit me like that. Or like, uh, you know what I mean? Or like I hit them and it's a no sell or something like that. There are like moments where I learn stuff about myself, even in those moments. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens, which is a super important part of my morning routine. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you get 75 high-quality vitamins, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. And best of all, it tastes amazing, and it's really helped with better sleep quality and recovery for me. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever it is, it fits right into your diet. Look, lots of people take some kind of multivitamin, and I think it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. That's why I drink Athletic Greens every morning, and that's why it's recommended by professional athletes in all kinds of different sports. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially since it's cold and flu season right now. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash insight. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash insight to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's touch on the almost dying again thing because it happened in the ring for everybody who doesn't know. So this is a death match with... Nick Gage, which on the outset is insane as it is, having a death match, number one, but having a death match with Nick Gage is pretty crazy. You, your jugular got cut. And what's crazy... No, no, few- my jugular didn't get cut. I okay. thought it did. I thought it, it did. So that's so when I walked out of the ring, I was like, yeah, no, my jugular... So when did you realize that there was a problem? Because you're you're holding your, your neck here like, you know, you're going to be shooting out a whole bunch of blood. Yeah. I thought I was. I mean, I did. 
when I walked out of the rig, uh, I still was like completely like, yeah, you know, freaked out and just my life flashing before my eyes, the whole thing. And then the place was all crowded, but everyone was silent. And, uh, and, uh, I hear Luke Perry and he, I can't see him, but I hear him. He said, Davey, it's Luke. And I said, Luke, is it pumping? And he said, it's not pumping. Cause it had hit my neck muscle is what happened. So I got like five stitches in my neck muscle and then a bunch of stitches on the outside. But I didn't know. I, I didn't know. And I didn't know. Uh, but once he told me that I knew I wasn't like immediately dying. I didn't know how bad it was or whatever. <laughs> but uh, uh it's just so it's crazy. Like interesting, interesting like moment in the movie at where you're holding your neck you have this look of complete distraught in your face you walk out of the ring like i don't, I don't want to die and you know i gotta get out of here and then you kind of like turn around and you finish the match well that's because luke told me it wasn't pumping yeah but he's not a doctor <laughs> i know but i knew at least i wasn't gonna bleed out you know what i mean <laughs> that's, that's what my mindset was because I didn't want to finish. Like, I wanted to have a wrap the story up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't want to leave the fans without a conclusion or just leave it like, I don't know. But I did, I wasn't thinking clearly, clearly, <laughs> even to be in there the first place. I, I wasn't sure what the difference between a death match and a, you know, a hardcore, a hardcore match. match. I thought right. it was just like, okay, they use a few more different things. It's just they use more stuff. They can use more stuff. I didn't know that it was so frowned upon. Like, you know, after I learned that after the, you know, I, I was in the hospital. I was like, oh, people really hate, like, a certain segment of the professional population, like, completely frowns on that style of wrestling. And it's funny. I guess it goes back to like, I don't know. It's like you're a geek in the circus or something. <laughs> like really like it's crazy stuff. It's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> did did Nick suggest anything in the match that you went, that, that, that's a bit too far? No, I don't. I learned a lot like from that. Like I learned through the process. Like I don't know. It's so crazy. Wrestling, they don't really, like, they don't explain stuff in a very clear way. Like, they kind of, like, <laughs> use they use words that I don't really understand. And, like, there's all these different motivations going on when people are trying to do stuff. I'm li literally, like, coming in, like, with an open heart. And, like, you know, I always, like, approach it like people don't think I can fight. So, you know, you run at me and I'll dodge and you'll hit the, the corner. And then I, I'll have, be able to do something to you because I've, you know, caught you off guard for a second. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I always look for ways of like not making them look bad or whatever it is, but it's also weird. And the people do other things that nobody's planned and, I don't know. What, it's what, a, what a difference, though, from being on a movie set where every single word you're saying is scripted out. Every step you're taking is like basically planned out. Where in a wrestling match, it's like, all right, David, so I'm going to do one of these, one, two, three, yeah. then over here with the, okay, and then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all. Use words. <laughs> I know. That's what they're talking about. I literally have to go to somebody and I say, like, what does he mean by like, <laughs> I, I'm still deciphering stuff. And there was something that was said in the, the match where it was like, oh, this is where the ultraviolence happens. And I'll just go up to the crowd or whatever. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I didn't say like, oh, I was just like, oh, okay. And that's sort of like, there's just things that I don't understand. I still don't understand. I'm like, I'm really, I'm open and game and like, you know, I'm a bit of a daredevil, but I just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've got in over my head in this whole thing. <laughs> well, have you reached a point yet? Have you, you know, you've worked many matches. Have you reached a point where you're now okay with this? I don't know. Like, I love wrestling. I mean, I love being a fan, to be honest with you. I, mean, I love wrestling. I love performing for, like, entertaining people. But there's something about 
I mean, aside from it being really painful, which wrestlers don't say, apparently. Wrestlers never say something hurts or it's painful. So I'm obviously, like, still not there. <laughs> I don't know how to, like, like, play it tough. Like, I guess there's, like, some big thing about everyone being so fucking tough in this business or something. I don't know. You know, I don't know. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a weird time in the world right now, and there's not a lot of indie shows that are running, but are you still taking bookings? Are you still wrestling? Uh, not really. I mean, if I were to wrestle again, I'd want it to be with RJ as my tag team partner or be a manager or something, but I'm not really... I don't... I could never win a belt. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could <laughs> never accept the fact of winning a belt. So it's not like I have anything to, like, try to strive for because i if somebody was like listen you want to come like you know if it were a tag team situation that's different and if it was like in the process of like also kind of helping shine some someone not not that rj needs my help at all because he's such a talent like the fact that he's not at aw wwe is like just stupid (laughs) like it's all these like people like i don't know there's some narrow side like you know they only see like what they want to see or something sure like if you ever come up with the suggestion that's a good suggestion but if it's not their idea i don't know you run across it a lot in different forms of business but in wrestling it's got these other elements that i still don't understand i still Mm. there's a lot about this business i still have no idea about because I'm like gullible. I'm a gullible person at heart. <laughs> so it's a really bad thing to be in the wrestling business because I literally am a mark, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a <laughs> sucker. I'll go and I'll buy. Like, I love buying people's merch and, like, you know, I, I'm like, what? Are they really mad at each other? <laughs> like, I'm still there. I don't know. I've been inside the locker room. I know all the seat. Like, I know a lot of the secrets. And I'm still completely, like, <laughs> lost about it all. So I don't know. I just really, like, my whole thing's like, I love it. And I love having fun. And I love entertaining people. So that part I love. <laughs> but there's other things that I don't love. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I was there at the genesis of your friendship with RJ City. Yeah. It was WrestleMania 34, or, yeah. uh, New Orleans. Yeah. I'm ch- chatting with RJ, and I've known him for years. And he goes... I called out David Arquette and he's actually going to do it. And I'm like, no way he's going to do it. He's like, no, like tomorrow we're making coffee in our underwear. I'm like, what? So when you saw this video of him calling you out, what made you decide? Yeah, I'm going to do this thing. Uh, you know, I knew I wanted to, you know what I mean? I'd already had my, the heart stints. I'd been thinking about it a lot. Were you already planning to be in New Orleans for WrestleMania? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been work. to WrestleManias before. You know, it's always weird. I go like, I don't know. It's always weird. I go, I haven't gone to, I've been to a few of them, but um, I don't know. It's always this, this strange relationship I have with wrestling where I love, it's, it's a bit of a love-hate thing. But especially also with the fans, there's a love-hate thing. So, I mean, I don't know. It's gotten better. Once I got into the indie scene, it got much better. And, yeah. And also, this time around was a lot better because people that l- didn't like Ready to Rumble, like the age group that did like it, have now grown up. And now they're like, you know, in their 30s and stuff. <laughs> they're like, oh, when that came out, I loved that movie. But when it when it first all happened, then people hated it. So it's so weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really understand all of this. I'm sorry. This whole interview's been kind of all over the place. <laughs> this is, this is great. Brain. I love it. Okay. Would good. you would you say in your acting career that screams the movie that most people you know would relate you to? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, and then and, and then my my ex marriage. Right. So like, yeah. So is that because of scream? Yeah, exactly. Right. So you and Courtney met on is it Scream One? Yeah, yeah. We met wow. right before Scream One. Yeah. So that was twenty five years ago or something. Yeah, isn't that crazy? 
Wow. When you first read the script for Scream, I mean, we look at it now as a legendary film. When you first read the script, there's some twists in there. There's some stuff in there we hadn't seen in horror films. Yeah. What did you think when you read it? Well, when I, first they wanted to see me for Skeet's role, and I was like, that's not me at all. I mean, I came in and I said, uh, what's really interesting is the Dewey role. I think it would be so funny, like, because he was written as this big jock, which is ironic. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, like a big dumb jock. And I think, I was like, I think it'd be, I think there would be really, I could do something really fun with that. And sort of that's, that's, that's what happened. Wes Craven's so cool. And like, he's open minded. And he's like, wow, that's really interesting. And he hadn't thought of it. So then it all worked out. And I also like, I think I knew Gordon was doing it. And I always thought she was cute on Friends. And really flirted with her when we first like all met as a casting. Was there a point where like, I mean, Friends was massive, right? Friends was this massive, huge hit. Was there a point where that fame that she had with Friends ever overshadowed what you were doing in your career? I mean, absolutely. It was like one of the, you know, the the biggest show in the world at the time. So it was really like, and it was like crazy time period anyway. There was like this new form of paparazzi was all like coming loose. And yeah, it was insanity. It was really crazy. Were there any roles that, you know, you said you were up for Skeet's role and Scream. Were there any roles that, big roles you were up for? that you didn't get that we'd be surprised to learn about um or something maybe you read for yeah it was like uh arrested development for jason david's character i was up for that which was wow yeah but i was a dumb dumb and like (laughs) i was like uh i'm too young to have a kid (laughs) at the time which is such such a narrow way of looking at stuff but I also, I don't know, that wouldn't have, I, I, he was so great in that. So, um, yeah, just stuff like that. I mean, um, what, there must have been some big move. I mean, you were so hot in the 90s. There must have been some big roles that you read for. Shoot, yeah, the quick in the day. I don't know. N- not that it was like a big role, but. I'm, I'm uh, half waiting for you to say, yeah, I read for Batman. <laughs> oh, no, no, they never called me for Batman. That would have been fun. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, people still don't, I mean, know where to put me. I don't know where to put me. (laughs) I like, I just, I'm always like, I don't know. I always think I could just kind of like, I'm an actor, so you could research it and do the work and then do it. And like, I learned a horrible lesson on a play where I played Sherlock Holmes. It's like, okay, you can't just do everything. (laughs) Some people are not right for certain roles. It's definitely like you do have to be a little more careful than I was in the past. But I mean, you said in the movie that you've auditioned, you've read for the last 10 years and you haven't been booked, but you haven't been doing a ton of like indie films? Yeah, so that I I had like this argument with the directors. My wife, who deserves all the credit in producing this movie, she just kicked ass on it. But uh, she kicked me out of the editing room at some point because I was so like specific about certain things. But after that line, uh, I say, it's not like I haven't worked in 10 years. It's just, it's ha- I haven't gotten a job from an audition. So that's the line that that, that was from. I haven't gotten a job from audition because I'm just a terrible auditioner. <laughs> yeah, really bad. So. But I had worked, so I was like, you have to include that because then people are going to think, like, I haven't worked in 10 years and they've seen me in movies, so you can't. You know, wrestling fans... One thing about wrestling fans is, like, (laughs) you always have to make things hyper-real. You know what I mean? They have to be so real because... And you have to explain stuff, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's like you don't want to try to, like, fool or pulls the rug over a wrestling fans' eyes. It's just not going to go well. Well, for better or for worse, wrestling fans never forget anything. <laughs> That's as, true. As you are aware of. But, you know, it's, and it's kind of sad to think that, like, your title win is up there with, like, Mae Young's hand and Katie guess, Dick. Guess what? I'm also part of the Judy Bagwell thing, which I, I forgot completely. They had called me up like, 
want to come back and like you know and i i love wrestling i was like sure i'd love to come back and somehow i'm involved in the judy bagwell thing but it's weird i i looked it up and i had no recollection whatsoever of it of wow. even doing it or being <laughs> that's also like what happens when you get older is you forget like so much stuff like i don't remember like half of the late night talk show appearances Someone sent me something of me rapping on Sinbad, and I was on his talk show, and I had no recollection of it. Oh, is this just because you've gotten older? Is this because you know you didn't remember oh. it at the time either? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of reasons why <laughs> car accidents, to all these like years of things. <laughs> I don't you, know why, but yeah. Look, I think that if nothing else, wrestling may, so you might have died, almost died in the ring, but also wrestling, I feel like kind of saved your life. I mean, look at the shape that you're in right now. Look at the, look at the giant veins in your arms. I work out all the time and I don't have those. <laughs> you know, Jeez. We're veiny. We're, we're a veiny bunch, the Arcats. <laughs> we always have these vein brains. Definitely got the veins in your head, yeah. I know. I'm always worried about if, you know, you were going to, in fact, catch a vein. <laughs> yeah, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that happening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I, I think it was obviously a letdown with the coronavirus. Your film was supposed to debut at South by Southwest, which ended up getting canceled. You guys have figured this out, though. You figured it out, and it's, it's now out there. So how do you feel after working on this thing for years, now that this thing is out into the world for everybody to enjoy? I'm really excited. It's hard, though. <laughs> It's hard, like, getting people to know it's out there and, like, where to find it. And it's only out in North America and Canada. Well, please, this is your opportunity. Yeah, well, I know. But I don't know. It's, like, it's not out in the rest of the world. So it's hard for, like, to get a grasp of, like, everyone kind of, I don't know. It'll get out there eventually. I think it's just part of the journey. Like, I still, like, after this whole thing, I've it's so weird but i feel like i have to prove myself again for some reason i don't know why i don't know what it is it's like let's do it again let's do it right this time let's do it i don't know i i uh i don't know it's been a really weird thing like it coming out and it's like okay i've worked so hard almost done here it is it's like you know, it's getting a great response and people are liking it. And that's, I'm really grateful for that. But it's also like, you know, I don't know people I'm really close to. It's like, Hey, you know, no, oh, it's, yeah, I'm going to check it out. It's a great documentary. It's a great oh, film, not you. just a great wrestling documentary. It's just a great documentary with great storytelling. A lot of times documentaries don't have a defined beginning, middle and end, but that's exactly what you had here. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they're David Darg and Bryce James did a really great job directing it. Christina, my wife, was just such a champion producing it and dealing with the, being on camera and all the stuff that happened to, you know, over the couple of years we were shooting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really proud of the film. I'm really proud of that uh, it captured that point in my life where my life was and that I made it out on the other side. So when you look at your recent wrestling career, post WCW, who were the people that you're blown away by that you were able to be in the ring with them? Oh man. I, I mean, just, I got to like be in the ring and wrestle with honky tonk. <laughs> oh, honky tonk man was like my favorite ever. And then like to be in the ring with him. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. And um I don't know. Um but 
this this time, like actual wrestling, you think Paige was incredible, Colt Cabana, RJ City. But I mean, uh, you also did stuff with Jerry Lawler, McFoley. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mr. Those Anderson. Just, oh, yeah. Mr. Anderson was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all the all the legends. <laughs> I mean, whenever you get to work with these guys, it's really humbling. I think at the end of the day, what, what the root of this story is, is anyone can accomplish anything. Like you set your mind out. A few years ago, you said, I'm going to be a pro wrestler. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to train and I'm going to, I'm going to have a match, which is going to lead to more matches. And you've done this. And if people aren't inspired by that, I don't know if their heart's beating in their chest. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. That really w- was what it was about, you know, to believe in yourself. Like that's really the big message of this whole, whole process. And to really like, you know, go after your dreams, but just enjoy life and don't let people bully you. That's really one of the main messages. Stand up for yourself or believe in yourself. So, you know, I don't know. But life's really funny the way it all happens. You work so hard and then like, you know, life happens. And so you have to go on and prove yourself again. Go do something else. Like make another movie that, you know, or whatever like people can make their own movies now with their phones and i don't know everyone likes to be you know want to be famous or something but it's really not about that it's about uh just making work that is fun for you like fulfilling it's been such a pleasure talking to you and your story is amazing so thank you for the time david thank you chris i appreciate it thanks it's been (laughs) It's been a wild ride, and I'm glad I got to sort of connect with you throughout the process, starting at the WrestleMania. Well, now is a now is a way better time to have this conversation than if we did it a year ago. So I'm glad <laughs> that it all culminated to this and made this happen. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate you. There we go. David Arquette, ladies and gentlemen, snap a screenshot. Let us know that you were listening. Let us know you're going to see Scream 5 this weekend and tag us both. David Arquette is at David Arquette and I'm at Chris Van Fleet. And what a guy. I'm sure you've seen his documentary. If you haven't yet, I can't recommend it enough. It's called You Cannot Kill David Arquette. And if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking about starting something in your life, if you're thinking about starting wrestling training, think about this. David Arquette started training when he was 46 after having a heart attack. And if you're thinking about taking that next step in your life towards anything, think about that drive and that passion and use that as your motivation. I'll leave you with the words of Roy T. Bennett, who said, do not fear failure, but rather fear not trying. I love that. Be great. Be grateful, my friends. Have an amazing weekend. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight.